0: are listening to The Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they are bringing the piano into the 21st century. Welcome back to The Piano Pod. I'm Clara Zhang.
1: I am Eric Hunter.
0: I'm Yuki song Today, our guest is Ming Kuo. Korean-born American pianist Min Kwang excels in versatile career that encompasses uh, concerti, solo recitals, and chamber music appearances. While in high demand around the world as a pedagogue, art educator, and administrator, she has held professional engagements in over sixty countries, on seven continents, and all fifty U.S. states. And currently, is a professor of piano at Most Mason Gross. School of Arts, Rutgers University since 2002. Dr. Kuang is also the founder and the director of the Center for Musical Excellence, CME, a nonprofit dedicated to mentoring and supporting gifted young musicians. She served as co director of Vienna Concerto Fest in Austria and is the first music alumni to have been invited to serve on the Juilliard School Council in New York. Emin Kwong is also a Stanley artist. Thank you so much for joining our show, Professor Kuang. It's
1: such Welcome. an honor to have Welcome. you. Welcome. Hello. Thanks,
2: thanks, for, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be with fellow pianists and piano teachers. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. So how was your summer? I saw you were in Vienna for a while.
2: Yeah, I had a very, very eventful summer. A lot of it was dedicated to my project, America Beautiful. Right. And once it premiered, I think around July 4th. That week, uh, immediately I, I left for Austria, right. uh, where I go every summer for a festival there. Yeah. And then I got to have a little free time after the vacation that I really, really needed with two of my girls. And I just got back not too long ago. so. Oh, that wonderful. is so
0: so wonderful. Welcome back. Thank <laughs> so, you, you
2: too.
0: <laughs> I know, you were, it was like a dream, right? <laughs> so exactly. anyway, I want to uh, tell our audience a little bit of how we met. Really, actually, today is our very first time meeting face-to-face, even on the internet, but I feel like I've known you for a very long time. You probably didn't notice me, you know, when I was much younger, but uh, when I first <laughs> moved to New York, like 13, 14 years ago, I remember uh, meeting uh, a clarinetist, and uh, I On that same day, I somehow came across a I think a uh, performance of online. And I was telling this, you know, new friend, I was like, oh, I really like this pianist. And then he was like, oh, I uh, her students all accompany me. I'm doing my DMA at Rutgers. And I was like, wow, that's so, he said so much great things about you. And uh, so that's in the beginning. And then eventually we got connected through social media and uh, you know, internet really brings everybody together. And later on, I actually became a big fan of your sister's uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> Oh I I see. (laughs) Right. So I feel like I've known your family and your just passion for music so much. So anyway. uh, Thank you.
2: Thank you for that. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) I love that. Sure. Obviously.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So now today the biggest thing we really want to talk about, we want to talk about so many things, but uh well. Let's start from your beginnings. Uh, we would love to know what was your background <laughs> like. I know you were born in Korea and you came. Um, how how yeah. was it like? Yeah. Uh,
2: well, I grew up in a very musical environment because my mother was a piano teacher, and she was someone who specialized in very young children, actually, age three and up. And she was so gifted in, in teaching them and make just music be part of their everyday life, you know. And she had no intention to teach me. and But I just grew up with all of her students coming to our house all the time. And I think it was actually when she was out, she had an assistant teacher. And the assistant teacher found me at the piano. And you know, trying to play by ear. And also I heard that whenever her students, my mom's students would make a mistake, I would always go like this, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you had a very strong, perfect
2: pitch. Mm, and then they discovered, yeah, I had perfect pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my sister actually. Okay. Um, and then I think I kind of started playing piano and then violin and cello and, you know, I sang in a choir. I mean, it was so very, very natural for me. Um, and it only like, maybe when I turned 11, 12 and, you know, there's a very famous art school called Ye Won in, in Seoul. And I think I wanted to go there. And my mom said, you know, you have to pick one instrument. This is just getting too much. Right.
0: You know? <laughs> too many yeah. choices.
2: Mm. So that's when I picked piano and I became see. serious with it. And then just a couple of years later, I got into the school, mm-hmm. Ye One. uh, it's art school with music, dance, and pre-college program, except it was a middle school everyday thing. And then after a couple of years, maybe not even, I came to America and I went to Curtis. And that's where it all began. Wow, that
0: is such a fun, actually, experience from the beginning. You know, sometimes I know a lot of musicians, we are you know, I grew up in the long, long generation in China. So we were kind of like given one instrument. If you do it, you do it well, otherwise you don't even do it, right? So oh. and you had many instruments to choose from it seems mm. like. So yeah. that's very exciting. And uh, mm. I do want to know a bit more of uh, your days in Curtis and at Juilliard. And I know you were the first uh, or only counsel for Juilliard uh, later on, right? When you became alumni. How was that experience coming from uh, Korea in the very beginning?
2: Um, You know so when I was in my teens, early teens, I had already made debut with the orchestras and you know getting into really what it is to be a musician and I really wanted that Um, and I remember reading music magazines and it was first in Korea also called Auditorium and there were such glorious stories and pictures of conservatories in America and of course i right. dreamt of going there mm-hmm. and there's a little funny story and of course to send a 12 13 year old abroad alone i mean that's not a reality for many many families and but i was very lucky that my father the company that he worked for had these branches so he had an opportunity to go work abroad oh. and i remember him knowing my my desire and wish to go abroad and study at the time first he was assigned to go to Norway, Oslo, mm-hmm. Norway, because he worked for a shipping um, company, shipbuilding company of Hyundai. Yeah, so Norway. Yeah. And, and, and I remember saying, you know, no way, I'm not going there. No way, no way, no, no. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to go to Curtis. So he turned that down. And then the following year, or, you know, and then he said it was London, you know. And, you know, now looking back, of course, any of those countries would have been fine, but I was very stubborn about going to Curtis. So we said no to London. And then finally he comes, yay, New York, you know, New Jersey, right. New York. So that's that's how we came. And it was just like a month or two before the audition time at Curtis. So I remember really like, you know, cramming to, mm-hmm. to uh prepare the audition pieces and all that. Um, and then once I got in, I remember my teacher at the time was Eleanor Soklov. Um, God bless her. She was 106 and right. she passed away last year. Oh I'm yeah. Sorry to hear. And when I, you know, first went to her, she was seven, in her seventies and I thought she was old then, but you know, old by age. But you know, she you know, my lessons right. with her was at 7:30 a.m. <laughs> Can you believe it? Because I had to go to middle school, high school after my lesson which started at 8 45. Mm-hmm. So she squeezed me for less than 7 30 AM. And you know how brutal that is when it's winter time, sure. especially waking up pitch dark.
0: And Philadelphia um, too, anyway. Right? Yeah.
2: But she was always like prepared. I mean, with her, she has a signature hat yep, I remember um, and that. yeah. And all, always beautifully dressed and makeup and just perfect. And then sometimes, you know, when I first started this 7.30 lessons, I would get up at 4.30, wow. warm Walk, practice, yeah. you know, and then go. And then little by little, I got lazy and my alarm, I would miss my alarm. And sometimes like at 7.25, I would wake up, oh my God, and I would run to my lesson. So those are my fun memories of my early days. Now, I want to... Uh basically going into
0: the project you've been doing, I, I assume it's because of all this early childhood experience as a musician and with all this fun, really, that uh, perhaps that the idea came up, but you can tell us more about this beautiful project you have started, American Beautiful, on July 4th, and which I believe is one of your daughter's birthday as well, right? Yes!
2: Wow, Clara, you've done your research, yes, right.
0: thank you. <laughs> I'm curious a person, mm. but I was. So love to hear
2: more. you know i think i've always had this curiosity and desire to program make concerts or create something an idea you know that's always what excites me um so even when you know i have this much younger sister as you know you said you follow her youtube that's right so she was kind of like my guinea pig and you know and i was teaching her to play violin, but also we would always like transcribe or putting on a concert or, you know, with different theme. So this kind of passion continued. So when I became a professor at Rutgers, every year I decided to put on concerts with student pianos to studio. Right. Um, So having this kind of coming up with themes or, you know, storytelling is just kind of part of what I do. And I think my, my job as being a musician or artistic director And, of course, later with CME, I know we're going to talk about that. Uh, Also, I had to put on a lot of concerts, produce concerts. Um, So America Brought Beautiful is actually just kind of natural outcome of what I do. Um, I think about five, four years ago, I did a concert at Carnegie of Diabelli's Unknown Variations, we called it. So, you know, you all know about, everybody knows Beethoven's 33 Diabelli. But at the time, Diabelli actually commissioned fifty other composers that were active in in Central Vienna uh, to write a variation on his little theme in C major, right? Um, and they are just actually very, very charming. There's a whole variety of there's Franz Liszt, Schubert, Hummel, you know, to people now who are forgotten. But it's such a fun spectrum of 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 hearing these fifty pieces in concerts. So we did that. And also at the time uh, we commissioned we had a little competition at Rutgers with composition department and asked them to write new variations. So we mixed the old with the new. You know, I find these things always very, very fun exactly. and also getting as many people involved as possible. So, you know, I think this communal aspect of music making. And I think that's one thing I really disliked about being a pianist is that you always spend so much time alone you know, in solitude, practicing alone. And I wasn't always, but I'm a very much people person. I always wanted to be in the orchestra. That was one problem with being a pianist. Right. Um, so I don't want to sidetrack too much, but I actually auditioned to be Uh, in Chicago Civic Orchestra, which I was principal keyboardist for two years, and then Florida Philharmonic, and even Los Angeles Philharmonic, to be the pianist in the orchestra. That's how much I wanted to be a part of a group. I wanted to belong uh, somewhere with my fellow musicians. So putting on these concerts is is a pretty natural thing for me. Uh, So after Diabelli, I've always been wanting to create 21st century American diabelli of sort, and I because I really believe America is the creative melting pot, and so many interesting things are happening on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that 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 idea kind of was you know growing inside of me, and of course the pandemic happened. I had I think already started contacting some composers, and then with pandemic that that stopped kind of everything for everyone. Uh, of course, I also had few months of slump, depression, everything, you know, being canceled, teaching students via Zoom. This was no fun, you know. I think we all went through that. And then I thought, wait a minute, there has to be something that we can do. And I wanted to do something with a lot of people together because, you know, you make a stronger statement um, as a mass instead of individual. And also there are a lot of, you know, frustrating depressing things happening every time you turn on the news and we were all watching in our own bedroom in our corner just being you know sad or angry or confused about the status but then can we do something positive can we turn it around for something new and creative and and mostly because you know my kids were home virtual schooling are too young to understand what is going on when they grow up and read about the time 2020 or pandemic is this all they're going to read about you know why don't we create something that in 2020 this also happened so that's what America Beautiful Project is so I started reaching out Um, first I started with listening to a lot of these composers that I hadn't really paid attention to, or you know how we are, we get very busy and we are so lucky playing music from two, three hundred years old. So we don't really have to as pianists um, look into explore the new music that's being written every day. And but I think pandemic really gave me the time now uh, to do that. And I really enjoyed that experience for me. It was my outlet for connecting with outside world, other musicians and then calling them, Zooming with them, talking about the music and what we can do together. So that's the result. Um, I have asked America, you know, 75 now, you know, I wasn't gonna do that many. I was maybe 50 would have been the dream number because that was Diabelli's number, 50. Sure. But then it just grew and more people came on board. They kept saying they, you know, many said no also, but um, many said yes. And I simply asked this, you know, it's like a musical diary or, you know, what do you feel about America today? Right. You know, and I think it's a really beautiful snapshot of the time, very intense time that we experienced together because, you know, they were very honest also. And that's what music allows us to do. You know, some music is very angry. Um, um, Some is very poignant and Sad or distraught, and some is still very beautiful and hopeful. And so it's been such a privilege to get to know these composers and to learn their language. And so I'm still in the process. So we premiered quite a lot, virtually only. It's my dream to be able to bring that to you know everyone around the country. Um, and we are starting to do that in the fall, and another batch of maybe 10, 12 more composers, including Tanya Leon. Uh, who is the, the Sears Pulitzer Prize winner mm. and many other wonderful composers are in that premiere. to So take place.
0: just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I'm, I'm just curious to know, so all these composers are arranging this piece for their own
2: interpretation, is that what it is? Mm, very good question. So no, it's uh, they have rewritten. So it's kind of, you know, I left it very open for them. Mm. Um, but it's not simply rearrangement of the tune. It's I it's the, the more the, the America, the beautiful the song is there to give kind of like a common ground and as a starting point. Mm. But it's it's everything, the lyrics or the melody or rhythm, they can use whatever the element that catches them. Mm. But it, it, these are completely new pieces. And some actually you cannot even recognize. Mm. Um, And some, of course, composers use some materials from the song, Mm -hmm. and some used to depict certain lyric um, words that really touch them, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of variety. I see. So out of all these
0: Americana patriotic songs, including National Anthem, so what's the reason you chose this specific uh, piece specific song I love the lyrics you know um, yeah. but what, what what was the reason behind it
2: well I mean I was looking for something that was very American something that everyone can you know recognize or relate to and identify with and, and also I wanted to reach public audience just beyond the small circle of classical music or new music lovers you know and because that's what as musicians we should be doing every day anyway we don't we shouldn't just be playing for each other and you know reach that same how many people you know um i consider my day very successful when i'm able to convert non-classical music lover Mm -hmm. to be curious about what i do and to listen to one of my recordings or come to my concert Mm -hmm. and become a fan you know um so in that regard America the beautiful everybody knows you know you've heard it in you know football games and inaugural inaugurations or any in school you know important occasions and they all kind of have a memory or something that they can identify with mm-hmm. so that and then coincidentally it was the length was perfect to be a theme for a variation It's it's short enough, it's simple enough, and yet there are intervals and like there's enough for composers to take from, Mm -hmm. you know, as a theme, you can't have such a complex piece of music anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. And the lyrics, as you mentioned, is very meaningful, very hopeful. It's Mm -hmm. an it's idealistic version of America. Mm -hmm. But why not start there, you know, because Mm -hmm. there was enough, enough darkness um, around us. Mm Mm-hmm. At the time, I mean that's how this country started anyway, with hope and a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and of course it's it's a work in progress. The country mm-hmm. is still, you know, uh, and the fact that we are so many people that come from so many different backgrounds—that's mm-hmm. exactly. the biggest challenge. I think that's our our biggest strength, also <laughs> at the same time a challenge. The fact mm-hmm. that they are just the country is so big. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many different kind of people with different belief systems or the culture or traditions that they bring to this country. But there has to be a way to come together and, and make it our, our strength. And it's really something to celebrate our diversity. Right.
0: Right. I have to say that when I first watched uh, the CBS uh, Uh, premieres on YouTube of your shows, I mean, of these concerts, I was, uh, especially the one in Brooklyn, uh, I believe it was in the cemetery, right? It was so beautiful, because I think Eukimi and I both uh, became American citizens within the last couple of years during the pandemic, you know, I, I did right before, and she did just recently, um, this year, so uh, it's, uh, you know, in a way it's very interesting, right, because some countries like Europeans, I think they can have dual citizenship, but for me as a Chinese, I kind of have to let go of the Chinese and to become American, which is, uh, you know, it's a choice, but sometimes, and I have always sort of knew I was going to come to America since I was three years old, but still, right, it was an interesting, you know, beginning for me as well, but when you actually finally do it, you do have to ask, you know, what does that, this mean, right? Like I, my, so, uh, I want to know how was your experience as an immigrant and a female especially you know in the very beginnings and I know you've accomplished so much uh, and you play with your sister and she's a, a beautiful violinist. <laughs> I think in the beginning I probably knew her work even a bit more than yours and then I came across both of your work. Um, so how was it like in the very beginning uh, when you first came? You know?
2: Um, Well, that's, I think, a loaded question, but, you know, I am someone who don't think of me as Korean or Asian or woman, Mm. and Mm. I've kind of always charged on as I'm a person, you know, I'm a human being, I'm a musician, I'm a Mm. pianist, Mm. Um, but I can share with you a couple of stories. And of course, that discrimination or, you know, people have preconceived ideas or, you know, that's always there. And I think it's always how you turn it around or how you show them that that's not the case, maybe. I mean, luckily in music, I feel like we live in a very international community, right? Exactly. So even when I came to Curtis back then, I mean, not like now, but still there were like maybe eight of us Koreans. Mm -hmm. I mean, now there are more Koreans and Chinese, the whole school, you know, but still that, you know, I didn't feel alone in that regard. And also, Julie, are also, school is a very international place. So I always felt very close to, I don't know, Norwegians or German or Austrians. They are all my buddies, you know? Um, but a couple of stories is that I remember playing Gershwin uh, preludes in a lesson and the teacher was kind of stunned. And she said, why do you play this so well? You know, like, like you're not American, like how do you understand this? You know, so that kind of thing. Um, and then another time at Juilliard, um, this, this older lady was running the placement office, which gives out gigs to, mm-hmm. to students. Sure. And at the time, there is this six star cruise line being formed and our chairman of the board, whose name was Mary Rogers, and she was the daughter of Richard Rogers who wrote Sound of Music. Wow. And this cruise line wanted to put on a production Broadway type show of Richard Rogers, Sound of Music and other things. So the cruise line approached the foundation, Richard Rogers Foundation, for that right. And I think Mary was very clever in making a deal, negotiation in that, you know, I will give that to you if you invite some of our top Juilliard students to come out and perform. So it was kind of, she was a pioneer in that. And nowadays, cruise uh, industry, well, not before pandemic, is very, very popular. But this was, our Juilliard students started to go and perform little classical concerts on board. Mm -hmm. And it's a great experience because you reach this kind of patron and you have a captive audience on the ship. And you get to travel around the world and see and socialize. It's a great opportunity. But anyway, and then I I started to hear from my male um, classmates, studio mates, that they were being invited to go out. You know, and it's a funny story. But at the time, I'm thinking, wait a minute, why just them? Like, I I was winning all the competitions. I was, you know, I won Gina Baco, I won the concerto competition, everything at the time. But how come they never asked me? So I asked the lady actually who books these musicians. And you know, she's told me, she said, this is not a job for you. It's not a job for a girl, you know? So I remember that. And I'm thinking, why not? Why is it not, you know? So um, I'll tell you something that I only share with very few people. Well, now it's gonna (laughs) go out in public. So I, you know, I didn't stop there. So, you know, I wrote to the cruise line. Wow. I wrote her letter, and at the time, That's my crazy. sister and I, we had our—we were the first Koreans to record for BMG, which was red, right. red, red yeah, label, RCA red, red, red seal. I put the CD in, and I said, "You know, I'm hearing a, a lot of my friends are starting to go and perform, and I said we would love to do that as well, you know." And I'm so and so. So that was pretty brave, I think. Um, this Very is many crazy. years ago, I was young. And then, but I, you know what? I did that just so that I I could say I've done it. And then I really forgot about it. I mm. forgot about it. And about three, four months later, a phone, like the phone rings. This is before email or internet right. or YouTube, you know? And then they said, hello, I am the vice president of entertainment at, you know, and we would love to invite you to come out. Mm. So that was like incredible.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. That's- so days. for many years, that actually became, and we became one of the more most popular. Um, I don't, I don't want the, the, I don't want to say entertainers. And what do they call it? A guest artist on mm-hmm. board, for um, sure. because they also all the guests actually do a little like SAT type of survey at the end, and they vote for their favorite musicians or mm-hmm. favorite guests. And it was always us classical musicians, which was right. very unusual, you know. Um, yeah, so my sister and I, we did that together, and I did that alone, and that's been our summer gig that's for amazing. many years. Yeah, and, and you have no idea how many friends I made um, wow. along this ride, because one thing about concerts is that you play a concert, you fly in, and you play a concert, and maybe you say hello to people, you know, at the reception. You sign the CD and bye-bye, and you never see them again. But on a cruise, I was socializing with them. I was going to dinner with them. We had like 10 days to to be together and they got to know me. And this is how I met some of my patrons who gave money to Rutgers and, you know, to CME, you know, things like that, because they got to really know me beyond that one night on stage. You know, they got to know me, my passion, what I would like to do and, and started supporting me that way
0: exactly well thank you for sharing those uh beautiful <laughs> stories you know because the reason i ask is because i think you know uh, even when i first came to the u.s i was again in kansas and i came with my best friend and we played a lot of gigs you know we were very young we didn't speak english but somehow and i i, I think your story it will inspire the generations musicians to come right because being a musician really it's uh one thing of we have to learn to be an entrepreneur, right? We have, we have to be humble, but we also have to learn to, um. well, if I don't say it beautifully, it will be like, we have to learn to sell ourselves for at least we can't just uh, sit in the practice and practice in 10 hours and not have anyone know who we are. And so, and especially like I, you said, you know, all the first for you and your sister to, to just be out there and uh, as classical musicians, right? Sometimes, uh, it's uh, very different to be a what they call entertainer. And it's another thing like we are playing classical music. So thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um, I wanted to circle back to the project, Dr. Kwan, and ask you uh, about working with these composers. What was it like? What kind of conversations did you have? How did you even just, well, I guess you talked about how you got everybody together. Um, but yeah, uh, what was it like working with these composers on music that was just being written in the last year?
2: Yeah. Great question. So I wanted to say this has been for me personally a perfect pandemic project because also without it, you know, silver lining in, in everything is that I would not have imagined working with these people. They are not always in New York, you know, they are really all over the country and people become busy, but we were able to connect via Zoom. I would, um, interview them, talk to them about their vision and I would play for them. You know, it would have been impossible to make 75 trips to all their homes and studios around the country to play. But uh, in a way, this virtual life of ours now made it possible. Um, and, you know, we are different, but we're all same. I think the, what I learned is that a lot of these composers might be more than half are immigrants or their parents were immigrants, right? Um, and so they all have stories to tell. And and usually they write um, abstract music or this, but this was a very specific assignment, right? To, to fo- force them to think about America. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you now? And of course the reaction I got was like, how can I even think about America the beautiful when America is not a beautiful place, right? Uh, or, you know, like I don't write or patriotic themed things. Um, but, and then it took some convincing for me to do, um, which is yes, America is not beautiful. And this is why we have to do this now. Right. And this is kind of artist responsibility to uh, put like kind of lens on what is going on. And, you know, and also having all these different. Types of music styles of which they write. I mean, there's some experimental music where I'm like literally, you know, clusters, tone clusters banging, and then there's like little play of twelve tone. There's a rock and roll um, or a film style music. There's Indian. There's Syrian influence. You know, it's just it, it's mind boggling actually, and for me to put myself in their shoes. You know, I can't say I'm, I come from very traditional, you know, I went to Curtis and Juilliard and played all the standard concertos and repertoire, right? So my heart, and it will always be with Schubert or Schumann, you know, that's the music I, I used to identify with, right? So, and I'm not one of those new music specialists that I, that I was always playing this new music. I had plenty of premieres and when the music speaks to me, I play them. But this was a real, really different experience, as you can imagine. But yeah. an experience that I loved, I enjoyed, I thrived on so much. Because if something like a language is a little unusual, like, mm, what what does this mean? Why does this sound like this? You know, I had an opportunity to to talk to the composer about it, right? Mm-hmm. And as we all know, it, it's something you cannot do. You can't pick up the phone and call Beethoven. Why did you do this? But I could do that with these people. And the minute I talked to them, I mean it like solved the problem, like the passages I was struggling with, like because I knew where they were coming from. And I just felt like this is such a great lesson in not just music, but um how we interact with each other, you know, or how we communicate. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't we meet someone for the first time or second time. We don't really understand why is he like that or why is he saying that. But if you take the time to go back to the intention of you know oh this is why you know that just like takes care of so many things and I just love that that process.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, you're exploring the whole relationship between the performer and the composer and the audience, right? And how they how we communicate their intentions. I, I want to circle back a little bit. Um, because I loved how you were talking about how you had to convince some of the composers, and especially during a dark time, what does America the Beautiful mean? Right. And um, um, and I just want to know what does being American mean to you? And what does this country represent to you? How do you see it?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I I love the fact that America is a country that well welcomes all of us. It it did, right? And our parents, and it's a country that you can claim to be mine, you know, and we all made that choice, and it's, that doesn't happen in other places in the world, necessarily, right, and I truly feel American, whatever that means, and I think that's the beauty of it, beauty of our country, is that it, American dream, as corny as it sounds, really was possible for me, and when I look back, could I have had all these amazing experiences had I just been growing up in Seoul and and living there as cosmopolitan as the city is now and the country is, you know? Um, And also I like the fact that for one of the interviews with the Financial Times for America Beautiful Project, I had to actually count up how many students that I have encountered or I have taught. And it, it was like 33 countries and it was mind boggling you know, many of them I taught in America, not only at Rutgers. I And at Rutgers, I had like very international studio about like 22 countries, students from 22 countries. Yeah. But going to festivals or going to festivals abroad, you know, and I think being American allowed me to do this. And and also the second thing is that being an in America or being American is all about possibilities. And Mm. and also having that influence of so many different things, um, that's what's beautiful. I think one of my composers actually said that when asked, who was your influence, you know? Is it Mahler, is it Beethoven? And he said, no, I'm American. So rock and roll, you know, is my influence. And it's... um, Actually, Melinda Wagner, also a Juilliard faculty member, composer, Pulitzer Prize winning composer, wrote me a piece. And it had influence of like, um, all these names that escaped me. But it's, it's not only Charles Ives, but it, it's Carol King. And you know, it's like very varied cultural, Life that America is
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know what I mean and yeah, this is I find that very exciting
1: mm. yeah, this is actually a question I've been exploring a lot on my own lately. How do composers develop their own sound, and more and more, the answer I'm finding is, well, you just copy other people, and then since everybody's tastes are very individual, you know you're pulling from all different areas after a while, and that becomes your sound.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's a process, just like us as a musician or a performer finding us, our sound, you know, through, through the language of Schumann or Chopin, right? But mm-hmm. it's ultimately you who, who is speaking. Um, and that's, I think, the ultimate and kind of never-ending pursuit of, of being a, an artist. And I think that's why at my age right now, I mean, I, I am learning more now than I feel like I did when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And every day at the piano is, is so much more fun now, you know? Um, and I wanna continue to grow until I'm 100, <laughs> like that.
1: This concludes part one of our interview with Min Quan. Tune in next time to learn about her biggest artistic influences and how she created the Center for Musical Excellence to support young musicians in their careers.